Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. How many of you say, uh, I'm learning some things? Amen. It is, I was talking, uh, a pastor called me a precious pastor and said, uh, he had just really found the ministry recently and our ministry and he said uh, I, I I walked in to the building and it felt like home and he said I, I, I just want to know what's in your heart because he became part of the Fresh Oil Fellowship and I said what's in our heart is to provide a place where the plan of God can come to pass because in the plan of God the needs of the people get met. My job is not my it's it's not my goal to fill up the seats. I want them full. Don't misunderstand me, but there's a lot of full seats where the plan of God is not blessing those in the seats. My job and our heart is to facilitate where God's plan can come to pass and where the gift ministries that come to this church can operate as fully as possible, as fully as they have light on and as the congregation will move on. Because it's the plan of God and it's uh, the word of God that blesses. And I don't want to accommodate people more than I want to accommodate the Father. Because when he is accommodated, the people are blessed. Amen. And that's what our staff has been laboring toward and the Ministry of Helps, providing a place where God can do what God ha- what he has in his heart for the people. Amen. And uh, in that, we, we again look to what God wants to make sure that we don't lose light of, or that not just don't lose the light, but don't lose the momentum of the revelation. That we don't want the light barely there. And so we've been talking in the last few evening services about what God said to Brother Norval Hayes, that me, along with anybody else who may see it, that we're stewards of revelations that have come through men of God. And uh, one of the things we want to do in the body of Christ is make sure that we recognize the ground taken by our predecessors. Um, That the revelation, but not only that, the honor for the revelations. Amen. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works. Greater works were not offered until we were doing what he was already doing. That's our job is what the previous generation was doing it. We must equal it or we don't go on. And there are some who have thought that don't really understand that it's not about getting something different than those who preceded us. It's about walking in the fullness 
of what those who preceded us brought and then building and going on further. But you can't go on further if we lay down what was brought. We know this, the medical industry doesn't lay down what was brought by previous scientists, medical scientists and medical finds. They, nobody said, you know something, since we didn't learn, since we didn't find the polio vaccination ourselves, we'll find our own. No, they take what was already true, what already works, and they go further with it. Well, that's, we need to pay attention. What has God brought and properly steward that? Amen. And so with, uh, we've, we've done that with Dad Hagen. We do that around here. And uh, people say, you know, well, he's not here anymore. He's dead. Well, so is Paul. So is Peter and James and John. So what kind of argument is that? <laughs> that you only listen to what is spoken that originated with someone living. If you find something that nobody else has ever found, you're at risk. Because <laughs> ain't none of us that brilliant. I want to know what God has said and what God has brought, and I want to become skillful with it and go to the fullness of it. Amen. And if there's more to add to it, then God adds to it. Amen. So uh, we've done that around here with Dad Hagen because although he left, the revelation stayed. And it's up to us to make sure that the light continues for those of us who paid attention about the light that came. Amen. And still continues. And anyone that God raises up and God puts a message in their mouth that we should pay attention. And one of those is regarding with Brother Norval Hayes, who recently went to heaven. And uh, the Holy Ghost kept prompting me that that light needs to not be lost, but we're to steward that yeah. revelation Amen. and uh, go, go in the fullness of it. So we've talked about and, and restated, it's not necessarily that God's telling us to preach his sermons, but God is telling us to steward the message mm -hmm. that was delivered in the sermons. Right. So it's not so much about what a man said, but find out what did God say through the man and go back and that must be repeated. So God said to Brother Norval Hayes, and I'm quoting out of his book called Worship. And uh, God said this to Brother Norval Hayes. My children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Yeah. And we've been talking about, in connection with that, something that Dad Hagen would tell us is that praise brings the anointing. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So... In stating what God said to Brother Norval, we would be accurate in saying, uh, at making this, this statement in connection with it, when God said they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough, we could say they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship long enough for the anointing to yeah. come into manifestation. Because yeah. it's the anointing yeah. that makes all the difference. Yeah. 
And he said, you're teaching faith and confession and you're praying for the sick. So teaching of faith, teaching of confession and praying for the sick is mentioned. But God is saying there's something missing. There's something that needs to be joined with that which you're doing. And he said, you're teaching faith and confession. You're praying for the sick, but you need to worship me more. And you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. And we could say this, he'll do great and mighty things also through them. We would be correct in saying that. And as we were beginning to say last night, is I believe that we're going to have to emphasize praise, worship, rejoicing. All these are companions. They each operate a little bit differently, but they're still companions together. Uh, if you're a worshiper, you're going to be a joyful person. If, you're a, if you say you're a worshiper, but you're sad, you've not yet tapped into the real flow of worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, you wor when we worship and praise God, it's going to change this. Yeah. When we walk out of that place where we've been fellowshipping with God in that flow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so I believe we're going to have to give praise, worship, and rejoicing its proper place in our lives if we're going to see the fullness of what God has for this era. Amen. The full measure of miracles, the full measure of healing, the full measure of anointing, the full measure of supply. Amen. The full measure of the fivefold ministries, the full measure of the nine manifestations of the spirit. Amen. Because we know this, Paul and Silas, they were in some, a, uh, they were in some move of God. Jesus appeared to Paul and said, excuse me, a, a man of Macedonia appeared and it was by divine divine assignment, come over here, come to us and preach. And when he fulfilled what he saw in the vision, the devil was waiting on him. <laughs> you know, and when we start doing what God's told us to do, the devil's not going to congratulate us. And we have to be prepared with our victory. When we move with God, we don't just want to be uh, mindful and skillful with manifestations of God, but we also have to be skillful with our stand the victory. Amen. Because when you start being a vessel that God uses, you also become a target. And so we don't want to overlook that our victory is connected to our skillfulness to worship God, no matter what's coming against us. As we were reading in John 4 when Jesus was speaking and he said, uh, the time cometh and now is when the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth, right? Yes. The Father is seeking those who, if we could say this, who know how to worship him. Uh -huh. yeah. right. They know how. People say, well, I know how. Well, people know how as long as their bills are paid. They're full of worship and rejoicing. Right? When bills are paid, it's easy to say, praise the Lord. Pray, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's my provider. But what about when there's a threat of not enough? 
we still have to know how to worship him as provider. And the Father is seeking those who know how. Not those who feel like it. Because when everything's in place, you always feel like it. <laughs> and when things try to get out of place, you feel like worrying. Or you feel like complaining. But that, we can't do that if we know how to worship. We know how to worship when it looks dark, when it looks light, when it looks happy, when it looks sad. We know how. Amen. Skill. Skill in holding our emotions under. Holding our feelings under. Holding our observances subject to the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is what Paul and Silas. Now, Pastor Noel this morning was talking about Barnabas. That he uh, was in the plan of God as he traveled with Paul. But at one point, he, the Bible says he determined. He determined. It's not good for us to be determined unless God has determined it. We should only be determined about what God has already determined. And it says that Barnabas determined, meaning he got adamant that his way was going to be carried out. And what was his way? He was going to uh, bring his nephew, Mark, with them on the trip. And Paul said, no, we're not taking him. Because when he went before and we faced oppositions, he ran. Now, Paul did not say that because he was upset with Mark. Paul was saying that because he knew. I can't take someone that's not prepared to worship when they're hurting. He was trying to protect Mark because he wasn't, he did not have the skill and the development yet to face what they were going to face with victory in his mouth. And all of us have to grow to that place. And it's not about getting your way, it's about keeping people safe by not putting them in places they're not prepared to be in. God will not put us in places we're not prepared for. We must, be, we must make sure we're preparing ourselves by his, with His help. Amen. So we, we say, well, I believe in God for miracles. I believe in God for healings, which is right. But we also have to realize we have to be prepared for what's going to come against that. Because if we're not careful, all we talk about and all we're aware of is we want God to manifest. We sure do, but we better be skillful in our role when the manifestation happens. And our role is not just to lay hands on people. Our role is talking about when Dr. Summerall was in Java ministering to that nation and, and uh, in the middle of the night, his bed starts dancing. And it wasn't because he was on it dancing. It was because he was there and the devil was trying to frighten him out of the region. And all kinds of manifestations. And he basically said, put it back. 
Amen. Why? He wasn't just prepared to go and be a blessing. He was prepared to stand his ground against any opposition that would stop him from being a blessing. So we have to realize that this last day revival doesn't just call for hunger. It calls for preparation. And we need to be prepared and skillful with the ability to stand unmoved when things are opposing us. That we are skillful in staying in the presence of God and his praise shall continue to be in my mouth is what helps us to stay in the presence of God. When my husband went home to be with the Lord, I did not start figuring, trying to figure out what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about this? My number one job was to stay in the presence of God because every answer about all those things are there in the spirit. That was my job. Amen. And the way I did that for days and weeks, my number one flow for, I mean, whether people ever heard me or not, within myself and within my focus and my attention was praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I worship you. Father. I worship. I've got to stay mindful of him and his presence so that the presence of everything else that needed tending to did not get louder. That's you say, how did you keep grief and sorrow out? That's how I did it. I worshiped. I kept my attention off of what I kept my attention off of events. Events will happen, but they're not worthy of your attention. Praising and worshiping God. Amen. That was how, and this is what God is looking for. Those who, when, when things happen, what do you do? Amen. Amen. Not just what do you know you should do? Uh (laughs) What do you do? What do you do? Amen. So Paul and Silas, uh, when Barnabas left, God had a replacement. Mm -hmm. Silas was already on the trip. And Silas was prepared to step in and take over. And Barnabas was saying yes not just to going with the man of God, Barnabas was saying yes to fighting the fight of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Barnabas was saying yes to the opposition he would face in victory. Right. And so they, of course, go and deliver the message that God has for that region, and they were not congratulated, they were beat. <laughs> they, you know, they, they did not want, they did not want the little girl in their community free. It's amazing because, see, you go thinking, oh, my gosh, people are going to be so grateful. So grateful that what God has me to say for them and God has me to bring to them, they're going to be so grateful. They were. They were grateful enough to give you residency. (laughs) The local jail. And basically tell them, don't come in here messing with stuff. And whipped them for it. And Paul and Silas, they prayed. Prayer is right. Prayer is what we must do. But prayer is always... And and when we talk about prayer, they no doubt were requesting things of God. Saying what they were believing. Knowing what God would do for them when it looked dark. 
It said they prayed and they sang praises. Amen. They knew how to worship God. Amen. And God is seeking those who know how to worship him. Why? Because he can manifest. Don't let circumstances change what you know. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Dad Hagen made this statement. I believe there is a close relationship between ministering to the Lord and receiving deliverance from tests and trials. I believe there's a close relationship between ministering to the Lord and receiving deliverance from tests and trials. Because as Paul and Silas ministered to the Lord at a very difficult time, uh, deliverance was ministered back to them. If we're not careful at a hard time, we think we're the ones that needs ministering to. And faith says, no matter what I'm facing, I know who I'm ministering to, and it's not me. Worry is ministering to your own. Fear is ministering focused on you. Then Dad Hagen made this statement. Any man can pray when they're faced with a need. Well, we know this. I mean, people will get on television who don't believe in prayer anywhere in a public place or in a school or anything. And when a tragedy happens, they're all calling for prayer. We're just praying. We're just praying. Well, that's fine. But it's hard to learn it when you're... When you've been rejecting it for all the time. But anyway, so Dad Hagen said, any man will pray. He didn't say any Christian. He said, any man will pray when they're faced with a need. But only a man of faith will praise when he's faced with a need. Hallelujah. All things are easy for God. You understand that? All things are easy for God. There are many things impossible to us. There are many things hard for us. But none of that is true about God. Nothing is hard for God. Nothing is impossible in His realm. And worship is you focusing not on what is in your realm, but focusing on what is in his realm, the easy realm, the possibility realm. Amen. Remember what we were saying on Tuesday night and when Smith Wigglesworth was called along with other people, other Christians to pray for the woman that was within moments of dying. And different ones circled around her bed and prayed, Oh God, comfort the family and the, you know, help the grieving father and the grieving children. Yeah. And Smith Wigglesworth prayed and she was raised up. And he told him after, he said, You prayed looking at the dying woman. I prayed looking at Jesus. Yeah. There's the key. Right. Worship keeps you looking at Jesus. Praising keeps us looking at Jesus. Rejoicing keeps us looking at Jesus. 
praising, worshiping, rejoicing keeps us looking at the one who everything is easy for. When something's hard for you, now you need an easy view. When something shows up in your life that's it's hard for a human, you, need, you have to change the view from hard to easy. Amen. There are things impossible for men. Absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. But everything is possible with God. And those who believe that get to partake of those possibilities. All things are, you say, well, all things are possible to him that believes. Yeah, it's limited to those who believe. (laughs) All things are not possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Worshiping is showing you're a believer. Praising is showing, I believe. And the devil will say, well, you don't know how. I don't have to know how. I just have to believe. The devil will say, that's impossible for that to happen. Yes, except for the ones that believe. Amen. In the past, I've told a bit of the story about a woman who, uh, during the healing revival, I don't know her name. But I heard uh, some ministers tell the story of her. They said she was a female Wigglesworth. She lived down in the Dallas, Texas area. And uh, under her ministry during the healing revival, conjoined twins were separated on the spot. Well, see, we, whoa, that is very notable. Why? Because it is so impossible. Come on, that's right. Do we see many impossible situations changed? Do we see much of the impossibility done? Well, do we see it much? No, because people call it hard. So when we call it hard, we don't believe right because we think it's hard. Believing means all things are easy. It turns all things easy. Amen. 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 God does what we do. If we call it hard and we approach it as hard, then we're not going to believe right. Amen. So we need to start talking about how easy. Not, we're not referring to us when we're talking about easy. We're referring to him. We're referring to him. You've heard me talk about with all the things that I had financial obligations on, six and a half million dollars when Ed went home to be with the Lord, and I needed a million quickly. And then you opened a, big, a great big love letter from the IRS. Not, you know, it doesn't even fit in a legal size. It needs its own packet. <laughs> and when it arrived, I just, I didn't even open it up yet. I held it up. Father, I thank you. No matter what's in here, there's a supply for it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how easy it is for him. Why? Because it's it's hard for me, but it's easy for him. So praising and worshiping is us putting our attention on who it's easy for. 
Just quit, we've got to quit assigning our difficulties to God. Just because it's difficult for us, don't, don't accuse him of what our inabilities are. And that's what we do. We approach him based on our inability. And we think because it's hard for us, it's hard for him. It's nothing to him. It's nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. It's so we, all things are easy. Mm -hmm. If we call it hard, then we dismiss ourselves from the impossible. We dismiss ourselves from really what is possible because we're calling it impossible. Yes, it's impossible for us, but who's talking about us? Amen. No help originates with us. <laughs> Amen. If we call him miracle worker, he will be miracle worker. Amen. If we say that it's hard for us to get our bills paid, it will be hard for us to get our bills. If we say money comes easy to me, it'll come easy. It is what we call. Amen. And then God can only be what we call. Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16. And we want to look at a few of these passages. Luke 16, verse 11. And it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem. Luke 16, 11. It came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were what? They were cleansed. That means leprosy stopped. Did I say 16? Is it 17? Thank you. You're welcome. I've got it wrong in every single one of my places where I note that one. I've got it wrong, but it's 17. God bless you. Luke 17. Miss Janine, can I have your pen so that we can change this? It's bad when the copy and paste is er erroneous. <laughs> okay. Because some of you weren't sure what happened to these fellows. <laughs> I saw that. So let's get them cleansed again. Let's go to verse 14 of Luke 17. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were <laughs> more found it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's scriptural. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, I, I like these, these words, turned back, yeah. turned back. Yeah. Yeah. And with a loud voice. Glorified God. 
He turns back and he's loud as he's approaching. He's loud. See the, see the order. He's turned back and with a loud voice, he's glorifying God. All the, Praise God. Praise God. All this. He's saying with a loud voice all the way after he's turned all the way back in his journey back to Jesus. He's loud. <laughs> with a loud voice glorified God. And finally he reaches Jesus. In verse 16, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He hadn't been taught. But you don't have to be taught to show gratitude. I mean, when you're grateful, you're grateful. <laughs> verse 17, and Jesus answering... Were there not 10 cleansed? Now notice, Jesus didn't say, hmm, maybe only one got it. Yeah. Were there not 10 cleansed? Look at this. Where are the nine? He's asking this man, where are your buddies? I would have to say in 25 years of pastoring, I have thought many times when you look out on the congregation, where's the guy that got healed last week? Where is he? Wait, wait, wait. Where? How come I don't see him here? How come I don't see that one that I had marriage counseling with last week? Where are, where are they? Where are they? It's appropriate for your man of God to say, where are you? Where are you? When you receive something from this church, where are you? Well, I go to another church, but if you didn't receive anything there, why are you there? Go where you get something. I'm not talking about stealing sheep. I love what your, your pastor used to say. He said when people would leave their churches to come to his church because he was preaching a good word. And is a word church. And they would leave places where they weren't hearing the word and they'd come and, and pastors would say, you're stealing my sheep. And he wasn't. He said, if your sheep were skinny enough to get through the fence over to mine and they got so fat they couldn't get back through the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Go where you're fed. Go where you're fed. I'm not saying be a, a, a sheep thief, but if your people are starving. And it's appropriate, just as Jesus said, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? When you don't show up at the place where God met your need, you're ungrateful. Jesus called it lack of gratitude. Where are they? Well, I had to work. Was your work setting you free? I tell you what, people don't think right. That's why they lose things. They lose things. So it is appropriate 
to say, where are they? That's yeah. what Jesus said. He's asking for everybody, where are the night? Where are they? In other words, there was only one appropriate place for them to be now. And it wasn't back at home with their family hanging out. It wasn't running with the buddies to the bar and having a party on Friday night. It matters where you go after you're healed. It matters where you go after you're delivered. It matters where you go. You go back to a place of difficulty. You go back to a location. You go back to a wrong relationship. You start texting somebody you should have not been texting to begin with. Devils will come back. They will come back. It matters what you do after you receive help. Listen, my, my parents knew they taught us how to treat them. If you talked back to my mother, just know the next time you talked. <laughs> because she taught you what was appropriate response and what isn't appropriate response. And you didn't have to be told many times. I only was stupid enough to tell her once I hated her. <laughs> once. I only had guts for one. <laughs> After that, all the guts were knocked out of me. She didn't have to repeat it. <laughs> you go, oh, I can't believe you. If you didn't say it, you thought it. <laughs> it didn't take multiple times for me to get the message. It's easy to learn really quick where gratitude belongs and what lack of gratitude will do for you. <laughs> where are there not 10 cleansed? Where are they? Where are they? Uh, then Jesus is still talking. There are not found that returned. People will return to bars. People will return to wrong relationships and, and beds that aren't theirs. Texts and emails. They return to everyone's returning to something. There are not found that returned to give glory to God. Save this stranger. Is it, is he showing us that the ratio is one in 10, yes. who really knows what's an appropriate response when you receive. Yes. I say our church is a congregation of the one. Yes. There's not only one out of 10 in our congregation. Yes. If they're taught, we can, your sure. pastors, your church can be a congregation of the one. Of the, one. Yes. the one that returned. Yes. 
There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And then Jesus said unto him, now see, what has the man done? He turned back all the way with a loud voice. He's glorifying God. That's all he's doing. He's glorifying God. Praise God. God, thank you so much. Oh God, I'm so grateful. All the way back toward Jesus. Then when he gets to Jesus, he falls down. Right? And he gives him thanks. Now, this is all that's happened. And Jesus said, arise, go your way. See, he's still down at his feet, giving him thanks. He said, arise, go your way. And then he says, your faith. He didn't quote a scripture. All he did was worship, give thanks. And Jesus said, your faith. Our level of gratitude is our level of faith. Jesus called this man's worship faith. Thy faith has made thee whole. Ah, different word. Not cleansed. Whole. So, notice all ten are crying out. Have mercy on us. What are they doing? They're praying. Isn't that a type of praying? They're talking to Jesus. That's what prayer is, talking to Jesus. They're making a request. And at their prayer request, he says, go show yourself to the priest. And what happens? They're cleansed. The process of leprosy is stopped. But we know that leprosy eats off body parts. It eats off skin. It eats off body parts. It eats off toes and fingers, face. It eats off what it touches. So the process of leprosy is stopped at the request, but at the worship, body parts are put back. Worship put back what requesting in prayer did not do. Can you see the levels? First of all, a leper. They make a request. Now the leprosy stopped. Then he goes on to worship and he progresses further into wholeness. I'll tell you this. If you will worship long enough, God will put back what was stolen. Put back what was lost. He'll put back body parts. You say, you, 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 shouldn't, you should not tell people that. That's what Jesus said. Your worship made you whole. Your worship put back. It said, no, 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 pastor. It says our faith. That's what I said. Your worship put back body parts. Amen. Hallelujah. We think it's simply confession. Confession is right. It's a flow of faith, but let's not leave off the highest flow of faith, which is worship. Because Jesus called this man's worship faith. Now, when he says in Psalms 31, the word says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. What about this? My faith shall continually be in my mouth. How? Through praise. Glory to God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worshiping. This man's worship gave him what the other nine couldn't have. They could have if they'd worshiped. But they would not return. There are a lot of people that come to church once and they have relief. And so they take their relief and run. But if you'll come back and learn the word, God will put back money loss, put back marriages, put back things. There will not just be the stopping of a test, there will be return to wholeness. Amen. God, God's idea of victory is never just the devil leaving you alone. <laughs> the test stopping. It's always everything put back in multiplied fashion. In multiplied fashion. And this was a process. As this man took the steps, the process of wholeness was able to work in his life. Amen. Because we can mess things up so much. We can. We can. I mean, if we, are, if we act out of the natural and act out of our feelings, act out of our minds, we can mess things up. But if we will just worship God, worship Him, worship Him, worship Him, He can so easily fix what took us years to screw up. Why? It's easy for him. It's easy for him. When we worship God, we're, we're reminding ourselves it's easy for him. It's easy for him. Amen. If you'll remember this, worshiping puts back everything lost. Whether it's mental, physical, material, money, whatever. He can put, he'll put organs back. He'll put body parts back. He'll put them back. Well, you ought not tell people that I didn't. Jesus told us. It's not a false promise. It's not a false statement. Jesus said, your faith, your worship, put it back. That's what he said. It made you whole. Your worship, your faith, put back what was eaten off out of your life. Your worship did that. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. You say, is that the right reference? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Mark chapter 5. <laughs> we think we have so done things. That is be, that's beyond repair. But I guarantee you, if you'll just keep showing up where you're supposed to be. Just keep showing up where you're supposed to be. And keep your eyes on the one who it's easy for. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, look at this, he fell at his feet. His first response was not even to talk. His first response was an approach of worship. 
You understand that? Yes. The Father is seeking such. Right? Let's remember what Jesus said. The Father is seeking such. What's he seeking? Those who know how to worship him. And this man knew how to worship. This is the, his daughter is dying. You understand? And his first, his first approach to Jesus is worship. He fell at his feet and besought him greatly. He didn't start yelling before he fell. You understand that? He bowed first. He acknowledged first. He worshiped first. He took a stance and a posture of my life is in, my life is in front of you. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, life at the point of death, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. Not only did he fall down at Jesus' feet, he said the right thing about Jesus. He said, Come and lay your hand on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Wow. Worship and right words. Look at the next phrase. And Jesus went. No delay. When we worship with the word in our mouth, no delay. He went with him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When we acknowledge that Jesus is our help, this is what he did. He acknowledged only you can do this. So worship was the first act that changed the last result. You see, he, while he's worshiping, she's dying. And then word comes, she's dead. Don't even bother him. But what he did first and then said changed the death. You understand? Things that are dead change. When we worship with the word in our mouth. Amen. Jairus changed the result because of his approach was right. Amen. When things look like they're beyond help, worship puts them back within reach. Now go with us and we know that she was raised up, right? Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. Jairus worshipped with knowledge, didn't he? He came with correct words in his mouth. But I want you to see something else because this one is a a little bit different situation. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him. And behold, a leper came up to him. And what's he doing? And prostrating himself, worshiped him. He laid himself down at his feet. He took the right approach, didn't he? Mm -hmm. His approach was correct. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, you're able to cleanse me by curing me. And we know because we've been taught He was questioning the willingness. He didn't question the ability. He questioned the willingness. How many of you know that shows not enough light? He worshiped with wrong thinking. 
But because he worshiped, he was in position to have the, the thinking changed. Correct, worshiping means you're submissive to correction. Because many times before our help can show up, something has to be changed in the way we're thinking. But if you worship, you're saying, whatever you say, whatever you say, I, I'm, I'm saying to you what I know. But if you tell me something different, I'll change what I know. Worship, people that worship, they're teachable, they're humble, they're willing to be led. If you're going to go to God and supposedly worship and tell him what you're doing, without the, without the willingness to change, you're not worshiping. You're pretending. True worship is teachable. It's the posture of someone teachable. So this man... He comes up, he takes the stance of worshiping. He's got reverence, he's got honor, he's got respect, right? Yes. For Jesus. But he, he doesn't understand what his, what his heart is, what Jesus' heart is and the Father's heart is. And he's thinking wrong. And so he speaks out of that wrong thinking, but at least he's in the right approach. Lord, if you're willing, you're able to cleanse me by curing me. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I'm going to change the way you think right now. I am willing. He wasn't just, oh, I'm, I'm willing. He was telling him, I am willing. He was saying, uh, I want to change how, what you think about me. And it went right in to the man. He didn't struggle with that. He didn't struggle with that. Why? Because his approach was worship. So many times we're thinking wrong. But if we'll worship, we're in position to hear correction. And the correction receives the help. You understand this? Jairus came and needed no correction. He had clear, he had clarity. He had understanding, whether it was because he'd heard Jesus preach multiple times, I don't know. Whether this leper had only heard accounts of what happened through Jesus, his understanding was faulty. But worship puts you in the position to have faulty thinking made right. Amen. Why? When you worship, you're showing, I'm, I'm ready to listen. Worshiping is a listening position. If you do all the talking, you're not worshiping even no matter how low your knees are. Amen. If nobody can tell you something, if God can't tell you, and you just, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Well, So he reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed by being cured. This amplified, and instantly his leprosy was cured and cleansed. Mm -hmm. the man did the right thing even when he thought wrong see your heart can be right with your head wrong but if you'll bring that right heart in worship then now God has access to the thinking amen 
Now, Matthew 15, a few chapters later, we see something a little bit different. Matthew 15, verse 22. And this is the Amplified Translation. And behold, a woman who was a Canaanite from that district came out and with a loud, troublesome, urgent cry Mm -hmm. begged. Have mercy on me. Now, the words are right, but a troubled cry. Remember the one of the one of the ten that when he came back, he came back with a loud voice. It was loud, but it wasn't troubled. Just being loud, <laughs> it's, it, you can't have trouble in that loudness. So with a loud, troublesome, urgent cry begged, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is miserably and distressingly and cruelly possessed by a demon. Can you imagine what she's been living with? But he didn't answer. But he did not answer her a word. No doubt, if the media would have been there, that preacher's mean. That preacher. Tell you what, they're in it for the money. If she doesn't have any money... And his disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away. Jesus' heart is never send people away. Send her away. For she's crying out after us. So she comes to Jesus begging and doesn't get a response, so she goes to them. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's answering her not because of her. He's answering her because the disciples asked him to deal with her. But she came and kneeling down, worshipped him. And kept praying, Lord, help me. And we know this, that he said at the end, woman, great is your faith. She went from wrong approach, wrong words, wrong believing. Running around addressing everybody in the party. But when she finally exhausted all of her trying, went through all of her figuring out, what she figured out, when she finally just came and worshipped him, just said, help me. When she worshipped, then help came, and she went from begging to him saying, great is your faith. See the process these different ones took. Hers took longer. Why? Her approach was wrong. If it takes longer, find out is your approach right. When when Jairus' approach was right and his words were right, Jesus immediately went and results happened. When the leper, his approach was right, but his words were wrong, Jesus corrected his thinking and then his result was there. But this woman, her approach was wrong. Her words were wrong. (laughs) Why was he ignoring her? Because he's not training her that wrong approach works. He's not going to... If he would have responded, he's teaching her wrong approach works. Wrong approach doesn't work. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she was met with silence until she came the right way. When you don't know, at least know this, worship is always the right approach. When you don't know maybe even how to believe or how, what to do next, worship is always the right approach. Because it's putting yourself in a position of, I'll hear whatever you have to say to me. I'll submit, I'll listen, I'll correct. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As, as ministers, we don't always know the absolute answer for somebody's situation. The Holy Ghost does. I love what uh, one, one of the leaders there at, at prayer and healing school there at Rama years ago a woman came up, she had been diagnosed with a terminal condition and she had sat there for weeks and weeks and really it wasn't going in, it wasn't getting any better. And you know, it's very difficult to get healing into people when all they've heard is you're dying and there's no hope. It's very hard to teach them and have them to get it. It's not hard to teach it and it's not hard for the word, but it's, it's so hard to get past what they've heard. So that the light can get in. And she, she came to one of the, the workers there and she said, I, 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 I'm hearing this, but it doesn't seem real for me. And I'm struggling. Came after class and sat down with her and I so appreciate. Because, I mean, when you've told somebody the word and they're not getting it, and they're telling you, I'm not getting it. You don't have any, there's not an alternate, there's not an alternate approach. The word is the answer. So I love what the worker said. She said, I don't know what to tell you aside from the word we've taught other than this. I know where I can take you. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. And she said, I don't know exactly what answer to tell you to help you, but I know this. I know that if we can get in his presence together, there's help there. There's help there. So she said, so I tell you what, she says, I know how to come to the throne. She said, come with me. I'll, I'll bring you with me. Because she, she, she can't do her believing for her. She can't change her thinking for her. So she said, will you come with me to the throne? And she said, I'll go. And so this one gal, I mean, she knew how to get in the spirit. She knew how to tap into the flow, come boldly to the throne. And they sat there together and just worshiped. They got in the spirit. She helped her. And they got in the spirit and sat there and worshiped and worshiped and worshiped. And after a period of time, she turned to the gal and the gal said, all the pain's gone. Why? She worshiped. She worshiped. And what was hard in her mind was easy in worship. Yes. Yes. Did you get that phrase? What is hard in your mind is easy in an atmosphere of worship. Amen. Why? Come boldly to the throne that you may obtain. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. There is an actual location where the throne of God is. 
We know the Holy Ghost, the greater one is on the inside of us, but there is a location in heaven right now where there is a throne. And he said, come boldly to the throne, right? Come boldly to the throne. He's not saying come boldly to here, come boldly to the throne. Well, how do we do that? In Psalms, it says, you come into his gates. It's, it's a progression around the throne. You don't just, the throne has, the throne has different areas surrounding it. And you have to approach it by going through each area, right? I mean, they even, it even spells that out it, in the earthly tabernacle. There was a holy of holies. There was an outer court and all that, the inner court and all this. And you had to, to get to the holy of holies. You had to go through the other levels, right? Same thing. Same thing in heaven today. Come boldly to the throne. Well, you have to know how to come. How do you come? Come into his gates with thanksgiving. You don't even get to the gate unless you're thankful. That's right. You don't even get through the gate. You've seen uh, different spy movies or whatever, and they put their fingerprint or they, the thing reads their eye. Mm -hmm. And if you got the wrong fingerprint, access denied. Access denied. You go to his gate with complaining, access denied. Go with worry, access denied. Don't recognize that. Heaven doesn't, re it doesn't read that. <laughs> that doesn't open anything for you. Come in his gates with thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. You don't have to know the answers. You don't have to know the answers to your problem. You don't even have to know the next step to take for your life. But come into his gates with thanksgiving. Father, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you. You have to acknowledge what he's done if you want more of it. Come in his gates with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving gets you through the gate. Come into his courts with praise. And anyone who's had an experience and records the account of being in heaven, no one at the throne is just standing around giving each other high fives. They're worshiping. They're bowed down. Everyone is bowed down at the throne. You come with thanksgiving. Then you come with praise. And then you arrive at worship. Amen. Hallelujah. When it says his praise shall continually be in my mouth, that means you're already through the gate, baby. You live through the gate. You're all, you're just ready to go on up to worship. Just ready to go on up to that, to the throne. When you, when we live with praise in our mouth, we're already, we already have access. Amen. Are you helped tonight? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm going to, I have something on my heart and I'm just checking to see what's the best way to express this. What's the best way, not just to express this, but to address this. I'm not trying to get an altar call. I'm not just trying to get people up here. Okay. If there's, 
Now, hear, hear my request because every single one of us are standing the stand of faith for something, right? Yes. But I'm saying if you're failing at your standing, meaning you're, you know what I mean by that. Yes. Yes. You need help. You need help. You say, will you lay hands on me? No. We've read that people came and worshiped. They came and worshiped. Everyone stand with me to your feet. If you're here tonight and you say, I'm not just looking for daily life circumstances. I'm saying you're at a crisis or something that you go, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. It might not be a crisis, but you're overwhelmed. It could be a bad habit that you have struggled with and it's, you're just not, you're not receiving what you need. Not that God's not giving, you're not receiving what you need. You're maybe harassed. Your mind is harassed. It could be a depression. It could be a perversion. It could be something, anything that you understand if you go this way, it takes your life off course. If it's left unbridled. It could be financial. I mean, like every one of us are believing for supply. So I'm not wanting you to answer for this. I'm wanting, I'm saying you're on the verge of, I need a, I, I mean, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need something dramatically turned in my life. We're not going to lay hands on you. We're going to give you the opportunity, these people, the position these people took. Amen. I'm just going to let you come and worship. Amen. And those of us who aren't responding to this, we will worship at our seats. And you say, well, I don't want people to know. Would you want them to know if you got a million dollars? You cannot let pride take your life off course and keep it off course. Amen. It is a complete honor. I don't want people to think something's out of place. Every single one of us could answer this at some day in our life. It just happens today, certain people need to answer it specifically. So I'm going to invite that for you to just come here and worship. Amen. And we will worship with you. We will come boldly to the throne with you. Amen. So come on up if you say that's you. If there, maybe there's something in your marriage. It needs a rescue. Maybe there's something in your thought life. Now please respond. And I'm not saying, trying to get people up here. There are certain people I know need to be up here. And you know you need to be up here. Don't sit at your seat and act like you don't need to be up here. And I'm not picking on you. I'm giving you the direction of help. And y'all just, they fell at his feet. They fell at his feet. They fell at his feet and they just worshiped. Amen. They fell at his feet and they worshiped. Hallelujah. And you say, I don't know what to pray. I prayed and prayed and prayed. 
What about the sorrowful nation? Help me. Just help me. Help me. He, Jesus is never looking to turn anyone away. He doesn't want to send anyone away without their help. Amen. And this Syrophoenician woman did not receive help until she worshiped. Amen. Hallelujah. Congregation, let's just worship with them. We're so grateful. We're so grateful, Father. I thank you that you have divine help for every single one of these people. Father, we understand. Jesus, you understand. You've been tempted in all ways, just like every human gets tempted. You understand. And I thank you that you run to the rescue with your power, your anointing, and your ability. I thank you, Father. 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 Worship you, Father. Those of you at your seat, you could, if you want, you can be seated in worship or you can turn around and bow down, kneel at your own seat and worship. You can, or you can stand and worship, it's fine. But let's all join in with what these are looking to the Father for. There's help for them. There's help for them. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you.
Those of you that are up here, I want you to just stay. Just stay up here, do what you're doing. Just do what you're doing. But I'm going to have Pastor Debbie Simons and all these ministers right here in this front row section. You just come up and you just put your hands on them and you bless them. Pastor Craig, Pastor Jenny, come up. Sister Amy, Pastor Amy, come up. Just put your hands on them and bless them. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Jeff, you and your wife, come on up. Go around to some over here. The Baruch's, yeah, go down there. Morgan, Stephen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Watresses, if y'all would come up and just find somebody who nobody's with. The Millers. Uh, uh, Sister Linda, if you would, and Marilyn, and Sister Je Pastor Jackie, Pastor... Pastor Marcus, come on up. The Watsons, come on up here. Just get around some of these and just pray for them. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. You leave her alone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, peace. Clarity. Divine help.
Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are up here, you can stay. No one's going to move you out if you want to stay here. Or, but I want to tell you this. What you're doing right now, do it every day. Amen. Before you go to bed, you fall down and you worship him. When you get up in the morning, you fall down by your bed and you worship him. Throughout the day, if you sense something trying to trouble you, you go aside. If you have to go, I don't care if you're in a public place, you go find a restroom or something and you go aside and you worship. And you put this in place. You say, how long till I do how long do I have to do it? Till things change. And then after they change, then worship because they changed. Amen. Amen. This is really a flow of our life. You're telling him, I'm hungry. I'm teachable. I want to know anything that needs changing, I want to hear it. You know, Dad Hagen used to tell us about years ago before they closed out every service, they'd come around the altar and close it out with everyone around the altar. And he said, we didn't have to do counseling because people got their answers at the altar. Amen. Make sure that in your life, there's always an altar you go to, so to speak. There's a time, a place where you go and you worship God. I don't care where it's at. But don't think that just doing this in church and then it's done. He's showing us what, we're, what we can enjoy and partake of every single day. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's so good. He's so good. None of you, no matter what your problem is, he doesn't come up. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. None of that that comes from him. Remember the prodigal son? The father ran to meet him before he even said a word. When God saw them, excuse me, when the father just saw that son from a distance, he ran because he had turned. He knew he's turned. Amen. So I believe things are turned for you. Things are turned for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So live free. Amen. Live helped. Hallelujah. Congregation, stand with me to your feet tonight. Like I said, if you want, you can stay at the altar. There's no rush. Or you can go back to your seat. It doesn't matter. We just don't want you to leave too quickly because these times are precious. I said they're precious. Hallelujah. We saw through the passages we read tonight, every single one of them received their answer. Every single one of them. Every single one. I remember something that God said to me on one occasion. Well, the Spirit of God said to me, I was sitting in a chair and I was just praying, going through my prayers. You know, there's certain things that we pray daily or whatever. And the Spirit of God said to me, if you really believed that God was hearing you, that he was listening for you, you wouldn't be sitting. You'd be kneeling. And I go, that's right. Know this, when your heart reaches out toward him, yeah. you arrive in his presence. Amen. Amen. And we need to honor that. 
it's a, never be embarrassed or ashamed to bow down before him. That's where help is so easy to receive because it's a saying, everything of me is laid in front of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and thank him tonight. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You know, the important thing is not always to know the right answer. The important thing is to know the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is go into his presence and worship. And what you need to know will be made known to you. I've never, never, never talked to God and asked him about something and not received what I've needed. Maybe there were things I needed to correct or things I needed to change, but I've never come to him for help and not gotten it. Never, never, never. Amen. Hallelujah. He loves doing that. He's our father. Amen. Father, thank you for what we've received. <sighs> These things are foundational to our lives. We'll not neglect the foundational things. These things, you're able to build the fullness of your plan on these foundational things. We thank you. We don't ever want you to say to us what you said to that church in the book of Revelations. You've left your first love. Father, we remind ourselves, you're first. Your plan is first. Your will is first. You are first with us. And if things have been challenging that in our lives, we go back to this foundational truth that you are our first love. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I cannot express, especially for those of you who came up to the altar, God has complete help and complete victory. Total, total, total. So every day do this. Every day do this. Amen. Remember the last phrase that God said to Brother Norval of that message he gave him. He said, if my people will worship me i will do great and mighty things for them amen, amen. hallelujah hallelujah. hallelujah what we do in secret gets rewarded openly when we worship and submit ourselves and listen and obey him in secret worship him and thank him then publicly, people will see the blessing on our lives. They'll see the provision show up. They'll see the help and the rescue. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. Yes. Let's lift our hands and tell him thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your plan in these services. Thank you for what we've heard. We will 
order our lives by the truth of your word. We're doers. We're not hearers only, we're doers. So say this after me. Say, I purpose to make sure the spiritual habit of praising, worshiping, rejoicing in God is a flow of my everyday life. Father, I love your word. I love your will. And I love your plan because I love you most. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 How about we just sing something before we go tonight? Hallelujah. this one last thing. Miss Donna, come here, love. Come here. Father, I thank you for the fullness of your plan. Nothing lost, nothing stolen from her and any, uh -huh. I thank you for the increase, the increase, the increase of your blessing upon her. <laughs> I thank you, Father. I thank you 
Father, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, I thank you. I thank you for that divine help. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, keep worshiping. He's worthy. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.